0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 234. Oh, goodness gracious! Oh. And these and And today I've got a blender with funky music. Mm-hmm. No, I, don't. Uh, I know. I've got what's crack. I've got fabric post-pudge wall and a very long suit, and a beaming leaf section. Pick out your cup of tea or your dram, pick on what you lousy to your breath, your back and your backseat. And I'll let you know what the crack-taining thickness of past few All Right, Alright, uh, when I listened back to this last episode, the start of each of the music sections went ka so apologies if it's doing that still i'm hoping that the bug has been ironed out yeah, totally Podbean's beans fault not oh, mine um yeah i'm not taking anything for that <laughs> so listeners how are you i hope you are very well uh, i would actually like to dedicate this episode to our lovely friend hollity who is Terry, and she hails from the United States, who sadly lost her husband this week. And um, I just send you my love, my darling. So, the blether, seaweed. I was looking for a pattern for a dog pincushion cushion. <laughs> I know, that I'd made a few years ago now, and I found it along with all the correspondence that I received over the years from listeners. And you know what it's like when you find an old box of stuff. I started flicking through and it turned into a big flick through (laughs) and looking through and smiling. And there was a few, oh, because there's stuff there from people that are no longer with us. There's letters from names that I can't read. (laughs) Names that I'm not sure if I remember them. Names from a few that aren't with us anymore, as I said. And lots and lots of Well Kent names. Now, in 2012, I ran a fabric postcard swap and I had a look through them. And I know it's 2012 because one of the very lovely people has actually written her name on them. I'm just leaning over for something. I'm organised, but not that organised. Now I'm organised. Oh, look, House Martins. Yeah, we've got lots of babies in the nests just now. They make nice squawky noises and there's poop all over my windows. But I love my house martins and the nearby swallows. Right, so back to the fabric postcard swap. So I had a lovely look through them and quite a few of them, bless them, said it's not very good. And I'm like, don't say that. Um, I know we're all very guilty of it. Oh, it's not very good. Oh, there's a mistake. Don't do that. Next time somebody says, oh, it's amazing. I do not want you to then go, oh, there's a mistake in it. I want you to say, thank you very much. I know then you will be this awkward pause from you. You will feel awkward. But the more you do it, the more confident you will sound and feel about showing people your work. Not everybody can see the mistake that you can see. And if they point out the glaring mistake, I'm quite sure that they will point it in a way that's like oh they're still you're there's a way of saying there's a mistake in that without actually saying there's a mistake in that. I'm sure I'm very guilty of this myself. i am gone off script. Hold on. Back. So these fabric postcards, absolutely loved them. Loved all the work that went into them. I love the fact that all these people have been to the post office to send me something to get to me in the north of Scotland. So much so that I went and thought, I fancy making a fabric postcard. So I did. I'm sitting looking at it just now. I had the inclination to make loads, and I still do actually, and I wanted to make ones inspired by seaweed and rock pools. Uh, because... The day that I was looking through the fabric postcards in the afternoon, I went off for a wee run with Richard and the dog and we went to the bottom below the castle of May. There's a beach and there's rock pools and there's a huge big one. And this kitty is tidal. It's about maybe three foot deep, uh, possibly four at its deepest. It's got loads of stones in it and most of it is covered in seaweed. That's a very healthy pool because it's tidal it comes in and out every day and gets washed out. I also think that there are <laughs> congreals, giant octopuses, man-eating snails, sharks, orcas, and they're the meg even when I'm in it. But to this day, I have only seen tiny little coop fish. Uh, lots of seaweed and one tiny little sea snail. When I was in primary school, we did a seashore project, and I remember at the time being absolutely fascinated by seaweed. We have a show favourite which I described last time, this time last year, when I walked you down to my local harbour, and I told you all about it. I actually took a photograph of it today, <laughs> and it's bladder uh, seaweed and it attaches to stuff. In this case, the pier. It has got long tendrils which have air pockets on them, and this one is a dark brown black. Just, you know, so you know what it looks like. <coughs> so, because I've really well described that, haven't I? And it gently waves back and forth when the waves are gently coming and going. And I'm sure that when the waves come and go a bit faster, it goes back and forward a bit faster. That's me moving my head back and forward, like the fast waves. But it also has an extremely strong root because it has survived winter storms. The tide coming in and out twice a day. I like that about it. There's many, 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 many different types of seaweed. Big kelp forests that help regulate carbon dioxide in the sea and the world, slimy, rock furry ones. Yeah, that have made many a person fall over. I don't like those ones. And then, like la- <laughs> look how smart. Like land plants, they are amazing. All found their place and purpose. Some to shelter animals, some to feed animals, some to camouflage. So much so that the animals made themselves look like that. So I went to my craft room, full of intention to make fabric postcards looking like seaweed. Plus, we see snail that I saw on one bit. But when I started, it didn't quite flow that way. However, I did enjoy the process, and I ended up practicing cruel embroidery. Not in a seaweed pattern, but a leaf pattern. And I was just using little bits of fabric that were kind of handy, and. I didn't know what purpose they were for. It's very abstract. And I know what I want to do. It's just getting, for the seaweed, it's getting to that. It's the bit that I need to work on. Some of it is actually not just using the stuff that is close to hand because that's material or fabric that I've used quite recently and there's little bits left over. I'll have to maybe dig around and find some threads and yarns and stuff that have tendrils on them or even do a bit of embroidery on them. Um, I mean, for a fabric postcard, you don't need to do embroidery. You could just sew something or you can even um, print on the fabric or draw the fabric. Or I think the clue is the fact that it's actually fabric. And as promised, in my Instagram uh, picture with all these other postcards that's sent to me which I will take inspiration from as well and also I looked on Instagram and there's some amazing ones on there which is quite cool I thought that I would do a mahusive hello section so hello to me been with me for a while now, been with me for a big while you and been with me since the beginning listeners I really 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 appreciate each and every one of you so <clears throat> are you sitting carefully then I shall begin now, these are from the um, people that I had correspondence from. And I th- there was the odd one. Out. I didn't know whose um, name was what. So I've kind of guessed. And some of them are their names and some of them are their Ravelry names. So we've got Chris, Christy Anderson, Laurie Starr, Tree, Jay, Spajo, Roz, Sue, Sandy, Sue Tyrrell, Chris, Coggy, Marta, London Sam, Susan Ovila, Bev, Elsline, Oh, Lynn, with two N's and a an D, e, Stacey, Jules, Erica Eccles, or Lisa, Vivian Chu <laughs> of Keep Calm and Carry On podcast, Fiddly Sticks, Jamie, Oh, Jamie Rollert, bless her. Sheila, Pam Lindsay, Vicky Dean, Gingerbread Bunny, Tony Wagner, Sherry, Nick of um, Tales from the Plane podcast, Yarns from the Plain podcast even, Nicola, Kelly of Shorty Sutures podcast, Antoinette, Arsty, Susan Dolph, Eleanor, Twinsight Jan, Twinsight Ellen, Jeanette, GMB3TCD, I've still got her beautiful bag she sent, I love that bag. I've actually got all the correspondence i was sent of all the previous people, but it's just, that reminds me of the bag that she sent me. Um, Cheryl of Bell of the Ball podcast, I loved her podcast. And uh, we've got Deirdre, who's in DC, and finally Kate of A Playful Day podcast. So that was who was in that pile of people who had sent me correspondence including the fabric postcards. So if you heard yourself in there Hello <laughs> Thank you. Now, it occurred to me that most of these are from the United States. Uh not everybody, but there was somebody from Greece and there was somebody from Australia, somebody from New Zealand, uh quite a few from England, but a lot of them were from the United States. And I'd love to correspond with any of you listeners who live elsewhere in the world. If you would like to correspond with me, then please do get in touch, Collective at gmail.com or you could go on Instagram. I'm craft on there. Twitter, I actually read it, Twitter, but I very rarely actually post anything anymore. Um, I'm Craft on there, and I don't use my Facebook anymore. So there's a few things, and I very haven't. Well, I pretty much haven't used Ravelry anymore um, either because it does give me a sore head. So it's email kind of be based. And it also occurred to me how much I learn from everyone's different perspectives in life. And I'd like to open this up a bit more worldwide for me to learn a bit more about other places. For instance, Africa, South America, India, Russia. I'd love a Russian letter. Writer friend or anywhere. And I know that the biggest um, barrier would be language that holds me back and that I only do this in English. But I'm a willing to attempt writing to you, you if you speak a different language, but you can do get by in some English if you are willing to send to me. If anything, I could um, write it out, write it into... The, um and the computer translate it and put them both in the, po- in the envelope <laughs> you know although you would probably have to understand what I'm saying to you just now but I'd just I would love to learn a bit more about different cultures um, and that is one of the ways I'd like to do it and it also I can't read my own writing sounded to me, how lovely it was all these years later. Oh, a card, a card. I think it's a card. <laughs> it just looks terrible. It also occurred to me, <laughs> swallows like, how lovely it was all these years later, looking back, and how lovely it is still to get a letter now as it was then. And some of the letters actually did say that. We don't send letters as much anymore, so I just really, really still enjoy the lockdown letters. If anyone is wanting to join in Lockdown Letters, which is going to be changed to be called Lovely Letters because I can't think of another uh, adjective beginning with L right now, <laughs> then ping me a message because it's just so nice when the postie comes up the drive and it gets popped through your door and there's some news from somewhere else that's not your family. And I just really, really enjoy it. So, let me know. I am um, all that for looking for a pincushion pattern. I'm still here. <laughs> I was just enjoying the division music there. I'm hoping that you're not hearing the notifications going on my phone just now. Um Sarah and Debbie and Naomi and I are having a conversation about meeting up tomorrow. So I don't know, it keeps coming up with the conversation that's going on. Right, what to crack? Um I got a couple of emails from someone promoting anti vaccine information. I skim read it and I didn't open the video because I thought at first it was spam. If I get another one, I'm going to reply this message. Now, I believe in vaccines. I believe in this vaccine. I believe in the science. I studied pandemics in school. My niece is a virologist and I've discussed it with her. I don't believe in the 5G conspiracy theory. I get that not all medicine is endorsed properly before it gets put out to market. I have now had both my vaccines and I did get side effects from both times I took an informed decision before I took it. So please don't send me any anti-vaccine information because I'm your wrong audience. Which is a bit of a juxtaposition, big word, on my last section of let's correspond more. I do think it's good that the world talks or how does it move on. I understand that people have different opinions on this subject and that is my line in my sand. I've come to it with education and a lot of thought. I've numbered my pages, but can't count, right Fabric postcard swap. Would anybody like to do a fabric postcard swap with me? I'm going to be selfish because I really enjoyed looking at all them fabric postcards. And if but if there's more than 10 people willing, I will open it up. So whilst you're only making one, I would be making 10. And I'm happy to do that. But I think that upwards, 10 upwards, maybe you wouldn't get as good a quality postcard. And it would maybe be nice to open up our um, channel to send to other people. So I'll be selfish up to 10. And if it goes over 10, then I will just do the usual, like, um, Basie and Abby Moore swaps with Basie in London type of thing. I wrote Bertie, but I said Basie. You know what I mean? X swaps with Y. Under 10, I will happily make 10 and I'll do it that way. And I'm happy to sound worldwide like the letters. This can be holiday themed. I was going to say summer, but it's not summer everywhere. Um, Sure, southern hemisphere types. It should be normal postcard size, which is six by four inches or thereabouts. I wouldn't chop it up or chop it down if it was slightly wrong. I just did a Google and that's what uh, i about because it's like 5.8 inches. Um, my one is actually square. Let's see, uh, I have a measuring tape here. Uh, it's five inches square. But it was purely because I had a piece of felt that I wanted to use as a background that was 10 inches square and I cut it into four. Um, now you can make your fabric and then stick a post piece of card, postcard on the back of it and put stamp on, write it, post it as it is. So you've got your fabric on the outside because you can do that. Or if you would feel more comfortable because you put work into it and maybe the embroidery, you don't want the embroidery to get stuck to somebody else's bill, do you? and you? Go, go get all wrecked or whatever. Feel free to put it in an envelope and post it that way. So happy with either. And you are not allowed to say, this is not very good. Okay? Or any words to that fit. You have to own the fact that you have put work into it. So what I'll do is make a Google form to sign up with your name, your email, where you want to send it, as in your country only or worldwide. You will have until the 1st of August to sign up and you have to post it by the 14th of August and it only has to be the fabric postcard. If you are putting it in, you might want to put a little letter in, but it doesn't have to be anything over than above that. It does have to be made by you, so if you're not into the fabric, then... Maybe give this one a miss. I would say that one of my fabric postcards was a knitted uh, picture of a sheep, and then it had a bit of fabric stuck to it. It's sewn on, but you could just do a bit of underlock. No, it would be in torsa, wouldn't it? And stick it to a postcard. And um, when I'm saying it doesn't, this isn't very good. I don't want you to say something that's really crap. <laughs> Like you've put no effort into it just because you want to smoke. But I know very, very f- few over the years who haven't put some kind of effort into their piece of work. So, in fact, I can count that on one finger. Who shall run even nameless. Name I don't think actually it's a listener that listens anymore. So, it's not you, okay? It wasn't me either. <laughs> so, right, listeners, uh, Division Music. I'm hearing shouting. I'm expected to go for a run, probably back to the pool. So I shall speed up a bit. (laughs) She said speeding up and not talking any faster. I did tell them I was doing a podcast and I would come down once it was recorded. But my family don't listen to me Anyway, right. May, 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 section. I'm still on summer holidays. I've been going in to work a couple of times just to check the post and the emails, and it's kind of spooky in a school where there's no children, <laughs> but um, I'm just catching up and um, taking over a wee bit whilst we're on holiday. I, in the knitting, I am knitting on a vanilla sock. This is for Richard. I am using West Yorkshire Spinners candy cane. I've been working on this since Christmas and you're probably fed up talking to me, talking about it, but I'm really, really enjoying it. I am picking up the, no, I'm actually degre- decreasing on the gusset for sock two. Now on sock one, I'm using Anne Bud's uh, bigger Socks pattern. That's my go-to pattern and I can follow it. I don't mind picking up for the gossip and I always do top down. Um but when I was going to the toe of the last one, I was trying it on, I was putting it down, I was trying it on, I was putting it down. I can't remember if I was watching football or not. Mm. but I did not get to a certain late number of stitches and then decrease every row I just decreased every second row until I got to a certain amount of stitches and grafted it together. I haven't written down how many it was either. <laughs> oh, listeners. It's going to be fun when I get there. But I was really quite enjoying uh, knitting away on it. I really enjoyed most of the football. Um, the final... I actually think England probably should have won that. And you know, when we Marcus Rashford came up and I'd say to Daisy, Oh, here comes Marcus, come on then, Marcus. And did he missed it? I was just like, Oh no. And then the other ones missed, and it just was like, Oh, I can't believe that they lost that. Oh well, at least we'll not have to hear all about it now. No, we're still hearing about it because of the racistness, which pff, really, I <sighs> wish they'd get a grip of themselves. And the COVID levels have gone up, so thanks. Whilst I really, really, really enjoyed watching the game of football, I do never enjoy all the crap that goes with it. And there was crap. However, uh, we've got the Olympics start in coming on Friday. Woohoo! And looking forward to sitting watching that. Uh, so, that was it on the night. <laughs> I did cast on some hand spun but I got four lines in, didn't like it so ripped it up and I've actually put the bag back upstairs today. I moved about my stash yesterday or the day before and quite enjoyed it. But it didn't, I don't know. I don't know if it's my mojo. I just can't face the, the work. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just can't face the commitment didn't think I was a girl like that. I'm not committed to my knitting. <laughs> no wonder the stash is getting too big. Um, however, I did see a really beautiful Martina Bem shawl called Knitter's DNA um, picture. It's quite an old shawl pattern. It's, well, shawlette pattern. Um, and this is where the edge is twisted holy triangle shapes along her signature asymmetrical shawlette sort of shape. And it's from the Hitchhiker's collection. And I really like the idea of using the twist that we mistakenly do a lot. Properly. <laughs> Doing it on purpose. If I imagine that if you're trying to do it on purpose, it's probably going to be a little bit difficult. Because you know when you're trying to join in the round and you put the twist in it. Oh, I'm going to to do that. Oh. But if you have to do it on purpose, quite a lot. It might be fun. So I thought that was quite nice. And then I was like, oh, I wonder what yarn I could use. I didn't go any further than that. Um, like I said, I moved my stash about. And mostly I have been dressmaking um, on my sloth fabric dress, which I'll go into a little bit in a minute. But I did make with Daisy, and I don't think I mentioned this last episode, a bucket hat with Daisy. Um, For Daisy, I can't remember if I did tell you this or not. I used uh, some fat quarters that I had bought when I was in Inverness and it came out too big. It's double-sided, so it's reversible. So, and the amount of stitching I've done it on now, you'd have to unpick the whole lot of the rim before you could put it back together. And I'm just not willing to do that. And I know where I went wrong as well. But I wouldn't care. We measured our head before I started. It's because I didn't fit it, listeners. And you know what my mum always says? It's always in the fit. I didn't fit. Didn't even think I needed to. No, I did. So, you need quite a bit of fabric, actually, for it. You need a good, um, well, two fat quarters for one side. So, you need a whole yard. But I don't work in yards, so... (laughs) I work in up to however big my inches are. Or when I'm cutting out blocks. for quilting. But if I'm to order or buy fabric. I always order it in metres. I really wish we were just metric. So much easier. Anyway. Right. So. um, <laughs> My my uh, point is. It's always in the fit listeners. Always in the fit. Back to the shot. The sloth dress. Which is currently on my model. And um. I can't remember what stage it was at telling you, but last time my mum was at, we sewed the bodice to the skirt. Um, everything's been overlocked. I think if it slows down, mum overlocks things. <laughs> if you walk past her house, she'll be like, "Wait, uh, overlock." overlock. <laughs> I'd be going, "Oh, that's a nice overlock thing," because she knows how to use her overlocker, and we're still learning mine. Um, and uh, where was I? The the dress itself is a lined bodice with not a lined skirt, but it has a concealed zip. Hmm. I bought a concealed zip footer f- foot for my sewing machine at Christmas time. And I watched a video of how to do it, and when I folded it, you know, it wasn't actually a lot hard. I was like, "If oh, this works out, Mom, everything shall have a concealed zip from now on." Zip. Turned it over, tried to sew it zip up the zip foot up the zip and it got stuck on us well, what's going on and then I realized that the foot had got or the needle was too close to the uh, teeth of the zip and it sewed through it so I couldn't zip it up and I thought well what's the point of that so I kind of I did get it eventually um, sewn on by just moving the teeth to the left as I was sewing up but it's not concealed at all it's quite frustrating I don't know whether I need to move my needle over which I know I can do I just don't know I have to read my instructions or when I ordered this foot that didn't come with my machine I had ordered what I thought was an ELNA concealed zip foot but it came in a packet? genome, genome concealed zipper foot and I'm sure should fit right I just don't quite understand why I don't at first I thought it was I had too big a a stitch on it but it wasn't because we put it in a little stitch and not I was quite disappointed (laughs) because it's really not that hard so it is on, but if anybody has any suggestions with that, I'd really, really love to hear and gratefully receive them. Oh, page seven. So let's see. I if I cut off something. Sometimes yeah. I've back off. I mean, everyone else has a problem, and then i have gone Oh, maybe I've marked my numbers wrong. I have. I was looking at page 8 and I should have been on page 7. I numbered this wrong. Sorry, listeners. So professional. (laughs) I have been using my overlocker quite a lot. Uh, Mum's even been watching how-to YouTube videos on them, which she's passed on a great tip. First of all, I would pass on how-to YouTube videos about lots of things because I did that with uh, how to put in a sleeve, how to use a concealed zipper, um, and mum's doing overlockers. And I don't know why I'm not looking at overlocking how to YouTube video Right, so this tip is Now at the end of a line of overlocking you always have to keep sewing a good mm, 15 centimeters because If you don't if, Once you've cut it because you, you need a bit to cut off the fabric and then you need a bit to cut off the machine because if you don't the thread will go back into the machine and you have to re-thread your overlocker this is not something that people like doing or maybe it's just me I don't like re-threading it there is this magical mystery that you can re-thread your machine, your overlocker by tying on new thread and then feeding it through and then you never have to actual re-thread it but I try not to have to do it (laughs) It's wizardry I like the mystery part <laughs> anyway so each time you pull your material away and you get your 10 centimeters bit, you leave your part for your machine so I, then we'll go to the next piece of fabric that you've got but your piece of fabric with your bits of thread are come out and the render zigzaggy overlocky bit Um, a good 10 centimeters say or seven centimeters or whatever it is at least it needs to be something that you can thread into a darning needle or a big needle with a big eye and then you get thread it back into the material where you have overlocked and down the stitches where the overlocking is and it goes in quite easily and it just keeps it a lot tidier and you don't get a tiny short bit of thread that might unravel from your fabric so a good tip I do suggest starting a garment this way because it took quite a while to go back over the one that I'd made. Mum told me and I was like, oh, I've got quite a few of them. So i has spent a good five five minutes, five minutes well spent, isn't it? Oh. And I'm now at the attached sleeves part of this dress and enough to do the hem at the bottom and the hook in the eye at the top of the not concealed tip. I'm not better or twisted or anything. Am I? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. So not much to go. However, this also makes sense now. When I overlocked the sleeves, I then overtidied or cut off the marking snips over the sleeve gathering starts and ends. And also, which sleeve is which? <laughs> I don't know. Because they both have a double snip for the back and a single for the front, which has been trimmed off in overlocking land when I was overlocking. So it's now stuck to the top of the model until mum comes back. I did watch the YouTube video on how to do it, and I would recommend people do that if they're new to dressmaking and don't have a handy mum or Zelia, you can call her Zelia, to help them. You have to have your handy YouTube. I therefore cut out a. Oh, this is moving on. I cut out the dog pincushion pattern that I was going on about earlier in the episode and I'm using some knitted felted type of woolly fabric some stash and some from Angela of Scotch Tweed fame who <laughs> sent me up some and said, find this, thought you might like it, love Angela <laughs> I was like, of course I do so um, it's sort of offcuts that she's got in her Angela fabric land that's some beautiful fabric in there any tartan in it. it just looks mostly tweed or felty so um yeah i've and it's been a good few years since i've made this and i hope that I've, my notes on it are quite good mm-hmm. i noted that i had missed out so on buttons for eyes poor boy do- poor doggie but because i have got my other pincushion quite handy i thought oh i need to look out some buttons for eyes so i've looked them out so I just need to start now and find some stuffing. Now to my left I have a bag of unwanted teddy bears and soft toys. So I'm wondering about using them, but I don't want to say it too loud because it means wondering a teddy bear. What do you think? Seems a bit cruel doesn't it? So I really don't like that one. Anyway, (laughs) finally in Library Corner, I've been listening to The Living Mountain by Nan Shepherd on Audible, and this is read by Tilda Swinton. Um, Tilda has a beautiful lyrical actor sounding voice, um, she's very, very good at this. However, because this is about a mountain range called the Cairngorms, and also she mentions some other mountains in Scotland. She doesn't pronounce the Gaelic names of them the way I hear them in my own head because um, I, I live in a house where people can talk a little bit of Gaelic and um, do a lot of mountaineering and I know how to sort of say the things. I don't want to slag her off but I just think that, I just I don't think she pronounces them as nicely as maybe she could. But the rest of the book is lovely. She does do a good job of feeling, of of actually narrating it. Um, And the book itself is basically a love letter written about the Cairngorm mountain range and it goes through all the different ways or things how the mountain itself is, uh, the granite, the the water, what the water does to um, the description of all the water on the mountain range from the locks to the little burns to how it lands and how it's created the mountain range and the air, how the air makes you feel, what it does to you, the weather itself uh, and I'm currently hearing about the fauna of what grows up there. Now she wrote this book I think in 19... 19- Forties, but it was also mentioned in nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, and she just mentioned the nineteen forties because she was talking about how Glen, Glen, no, Murch's Forest was cut down quite a bit when the nineteen fourteen war was, and then it was again cut down a bit in the nineteen forty war. So, um, it's very very interesting in that respect. This book I don't think was published until the seventies. Um and I think that's to so a posty. So Buffle's gonna whiff. Sorry, if you can hear booth whiffing. Um so it's a, a basically a love letter about the Cairngorm mountain range and it's really descriptive. it's if you've ever ever been to that mountain range you can see it in your mind's eye. Um you maybe if you've been to other mountain ranges as well, you'll get this feeling of being outside or if you want to this is a good description of it so i would recommend it it's something that you listen to when you're painting perhaps or maybe sewing it's not a story story it's just description and i think that they do it in um, higher english in scotland i don't remember doing it but uh, nan Shepherd is actually on the five pound scottish banknote so, I was telling my pal Mari about this. I said, have you ever read this, Mari? And she says, no, but she's on the £5 note. How would you know that? She said, just do. <laughs> so, um, she was a celebrated writer. I knew the name. I just couldn't figure out how I knew the, the name. And it was one of these things I'd never ever read. I think, actually, maybe one of these books that you would... Sort of I don't know, I think I'd struggle to actually read this as prose in a a written down book. But when you're letting it wash over you, when you are painting your outside windows, as I am doing right now, and doors, then it's kind of perfect because it's quite calming. You can pretend you're somewhere else. And uh, I've been there, so I have that tied in as well. Right listeners, the post it has been, so I'm gonna go and see if there's something interesting from one of my lovely, lovely letter writing friends. Please do um sign up for the Google form. I will publicize the Google form um somehow somewhere quickly. I'll probably do that tonight after I've been from a run and had our dinner. Um and I look forward to hearing from you listeners, especially you worldwide. Even if you live down the road, I would still love to get writing to you. Because um, I just really like getting a letter in the post because I'm selfish that way. But I want you to have the same feeling, so maybe I'm not that selfish. Mm. <laughs> anyway, listeners, um, I think that's it. So I'll play you out with the good time. There's no bees in here, and thankfully there's no blue bottles either. It's quite a nice afternoon now. It wasn't so pleasant this morning and uh wish you best of health keep healthy um keep on washing your hands let's get rid of this virus and i was kind of, oh i was kind of pondering about whether to go to the perth yarn festival what do you think i don't i don't know if i can people yet that much but i don't know i certainly don't need yarn but i'd love to see and sort of be more inspired by my yarns and my my yarn people (laughs) anyway what do you think it's in September Uh, right listeners keep on crafting and as a lovely Paula would say haste you back oh oops I pressed the wrong one right good time to play it because we have to do the bee dance There they go. They're doing a wee bit of a little bit. This is it's got Some beautiful poppies up the back. with some white my flowers. And our sage is still going strong. The tomatoes aren't great. Well, the plants are okay, but the tomatoes themselves. I think they've forgotten to actually bloom this year. Cucumbers are good. But they're going inside. And our chilies are coming well. And we started eating our ties. Oh, there we go. Pea changes. Our potatoes we had our first crop of um our lace, and he says I'm just gonna try the main crop because then we can start eating because we've got quite a few rows. He says we need to start eating so we have uh, started eating. Oh, right that's it. Okay listeners, please keep well and look forward to here for you.